straight away. Growing up, you don't, we, we don't wear things. We don't just, you go to the tailor, the tailor will measure you up. The tailor will measure you up and in a bisok way, sew something to fit you. And so in those places, uh, you cannot wear that which is somebody's. Either, <laughs> either something will protrude, protrude from the front or something will stick out on another part because you have not been measured up. <laughs> you see, and God measures us up so that uh, we would fit. We will fit into what he has promised uh, for us. So he said, I call Abraham alone. It didn't mean, it doesn't mean that God's purposes were going to be centered in Abraham. But in terms of what he has to accomplish with Abraham, he called him alone, measured him up, and fitted Abraham into what he has called. Tell somebody, tell them you will fit. Tell them you will fit. You will fit into God, what God has planned for you. <laughs> you know, there's this story. Please help me if I'm, I'm wrong. I, I didn't used to read those books. About uh, uh, some king that want to marry and then there was a shoe that people should wear. Cinderella. All right. You know Cinderella? I think she went to the banquet and she missed, she lost the shoe or something there. And the, 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 the prince said that the owner of this shoe is the one I'm going to marry. So the shoe was taken around the kingdom. Come and see people trying to put their foot in. So it will fit them. You know? And I think somebody had some three daughters who were also, I watched it in a cartoon some time ago. Is it two daughters or... Please, I may have mixed the whole thing up. They wanted to put it there because they wanted to marry the prince. But it had not been measured. It's not been measured for them. So for whoever God has measured you up, you will fit the promise he has given you. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, and starting from verses 14. First John chapter 2, starting from verses 14. I have written, I have written to you fathers. Okay. Is that what I want to read? I think I'll read from verse 12. Yeah? Verses 12. Okay, you're going to help me here. Verse 12. Let's start from verse 12. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Next verse. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the father. The next verse. I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. 
Now the predominant, <laughs> the predominant phrases that seem or the subjects of that which John was writing has to be with children, it has to be with young men, and it has to be with fathers. But I'd like you to know that John wasn't writing to the children's church. Neither was he writing to the youth of the church or writing to the senior citizens of the church. All these things John was addressing or the subject of what he was saying, he was addressing various levels of maturity in our work with God. In, in the fitting process. That was what he was writing about. John was not addressing biological stages in the development of the people. That was not what he was doing. In fact, this list that he gave, young men, whatever, it is not even genders. It is not even gender bias. It's not at all. The fact he says young men, he also means young women. They all represent various stages, as I said earlier on, in the development of our work with him and the fitting system of God, our, our process of maturing in him so that we can fit the promises that he has given us. And so... In God's economy, as we grow in him, as we fit into various levels of this, it is possible for you to be 60 years of age, and yet, according to what God is, John is saying, you'll fit into the children. It's possible somebody is 15 years old, but fits into the father level. Do I have you here with me? Are, are you sure you're here with me? You see, so it is not about 30 years of experience. You know, the people come to me, no, 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 I have, I have 30 years of experience in this. It's not about that. Or being, having one year experience, because there's a big difference between <laughs> having 30 years experience and having the same experience for 30 years in your life. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference between that. Do I have you here with me? Yeah. <laughs> and today, we are all going to measure up. Are you here with me? We are going to measure up. Uh, there's not going to be any airs of graces about us. Uh, the word of God is such that when it comes, uh, it measures you. That's why the Bible says it's the perfect law of liberty. You look into it. It's like a mirror. You look into it uh, and you see what you are supposed to be. You see, the mirror of God is not like the one that we, we use. Uh, you look into a mirror, you see what you are. All right? And that is very deceptive. But when you look into a mirror and you see what you are supposed to be, then you work on becoming the, what you are in the perfect law of uh, liberty. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, so it is possible to have been a Christian for 50 years. Biologically, we'll be thinking of you as a father. Mm. 
But you may be a young man. Maybe a young man. It's possible to have been a Christian for two years. And yet in the measuring system of God, you are a father. Hallelujah. So what actually identify each level as God measures up? What identifies us? What identify these stages? It is all about psychology. It's all about the psychology, how we are thinking. <laughs> Remember, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so what identifies children? And the measuring starts now. Some of us are going to find we are children. Remember, and I said some listen to the word of God and, uh, and they shovel it onto other people. Yeah? yeah. Oh, come on. Bring it, bring it on, Pastor. This one is for Sam. You know, that, uh, Sam, take it. Uh. Today, as we measure up, I want you, I want you to hold a, a rick, a rick, rather. Give it to me, Lord. Give it to me. Now, now that's the one we need to, we all need to be holding. Hallelujah. You see, this is the psychology of children Typically, at this level, in God's measuring, with God's measuring stick, this is the psychology of children. You see, they approach all things with this thing in mind. What is in it for me? That's children. What's in it for me? And so children are tuned to Radio WIFM. What is in it for me? That's what children are tuned to. What is in it for me? And no, the thing that inform everything they, they do, their relationships, you know, anything even they decide to do in church, what informs it is what am I getting out of it? Their relationship with God is motivated by, by what can God do for me? That's it. What can God do for me? What's in it for me? <laughs> and so, serving and there is nothing in it for me, I'm not going to serve. I check out ushering in church. Okay, what's in it for Okay, Okay, playing the organ. Okay, something in it for me. I'll be on the platform so people can see me, you know. That's what is in it for me. There's nothing in it for me, you know. But it is like biological children. Give me. At this level of maturity, that is what informs children. That's what informs them. What can God do for me? And so we come to church, and we, a child come to church, children come to church, and they come to see what God has for them. And so at this level, Messages like, uh, God is going to break through for you. God is going to make you a millionaire. God is going to live. That is what appeals to children. Because it is God who is giving them something. No, no, don't mistake what I'm saying. You know, it's, it, it, you know there's nothing wrong uh, with being at, uh, being at this level. Because that is where we all start. 
That's what we all start. You know, Matthew chapter 18, uh, I think verse 2 or verse 4, please uh, uh, don't put it on. I may have quoted this wrongly, so don't put it on there. But it's there in Matthew chapter 18, somewhere there. <laughs> he says that unless you be converted and become like little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so at the entry point, we are all children. At the entry point into the kingdom, we all have to be children. But you see, something is wrong when you remain at this stage for 30 years. When you remain at this stage, for God knows how long. Children would assess their, what governs their assessment of their success is what they got out of it. How was the service? Mm, I don't know. You know, well, I didn't get the usual goosebumps that I get. What was the service? Ah, you know, this pastor, he gave everybody a word. He didn't give me a word. You, you, you see, children, this is, uh, that's the way that the mind of children, this their psychology. What is in it for me? What can God do for me? Are you coming along with me? Give me. That's the, the thing. Give me. Uh, you know, well, that is the predominant uh, thing uh, that drives them. Give me. It is like little children. It's like naturally biological children. Uh, they take everything. They take mommy's milk. They take mommy's time. They take everybody's time. You must give them attention. Oh, before you know it, they start crying because they want attention. You know, you must give, 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 give. That's children for you. You see the prodigal son? When he was measured up to say, at that stage, because he went to his father and said, give me, give me. You, you see that? Give me the inheritance that shall come to me. Give it to me. <laughs> Are we measuring up? It's not a shovel, oh. Draw it closer. <laughs> you see, there's downside. The downside to being at this level and this stage is that there are many things God cannot place in your hands. There are many wonderful levels God cannot take you in the scheme of how the kingdom is playing out. He cannot take you there because you still remain a child. Are we together? Galatians chapter 4 verses 1. Put Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 on there. This one I quoted right. Galatians 4 verse 1. It's not, now I say to you, the heir, as long as he, he is a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is a master of all. And so legally, legally, he's entitled to the heirloom because he's the heir. Legally, he has a right, an entitlement to that which has been left. But because He or she remains in this stage or level of a servant. He will not differ from what he's getting in any way than a servant. He will only get what a servant 
is getting. Oh God, get us out of this stage. You know, our lot is not what servants are getting. Our lot is laying hold of the promise. Laying hold of the promise. At this stage, like children, we are fighting. You know, it's children who fight. You took my he-man. Who took my you know, fighting. In a typical church, children are the ones who are always fighting. They're fighting on what chair to sit on. You didn't get me to sit on. You didn't greet me well. You know, that's children. You know, I'm, 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 are we measuring up? Yeah. Typically, uh, you know, oh, oh, for, nobody called me. Nobody visited me, uh, you know. That's the typical thing. Because it's for me, for them, what God means is give me. Somebody should call me. Somebody should visit me. Uh, I, I mean, they must, they must pray. Come and pray for me. I'm sick. Nobody came to visit. That's it. There's a fight over every little thing in church. Now, don't look at the person sitting next to you. <laughs> you know, I think I went to this church to preach. And some years back, and the theme that they had for the church was, I think, love, love one another or something. So, I did my preaching, and, and I was done. And when I prayed the final prayer, and I said, amen, right back there, I saw somebody remove their sandals and slap another person. Listen, I'm telling you, in church. <laughs> Wrestling man, WW something, you know, that thing. <laughs> right in church. Right in church. So those, that's children who were there. These were, these were very... Uh, people who were advanced in age, you know. They were not part of the youth service. The youth <laughs> service was going on. <laughs> was going on somewhere else. The children's service, the children's church had not come in yet. So these are supposed to be. So at this stage level, um, um, do you want me to go deeper? <laughs> typical church like ours it is children that are always crying that something is wrong something has not been done and they didn't serve the food right you know and, and mom the food uh, you know the, the fish was fried badly you know it's it's children that's the stage we are so John was writing to a level of maturity he was fitting the people, uh, the church he was writing to, to ensure that they are fit for that which God has promised them. Amen. Amen. Then, of course, there's the young man, the young man. Uh, and uh, may I say, as I said, this is not a biological, it is a, a maturity level. The young men, they are a different kind of people. Uh, you know, whilst uh, children are saying, <laughs> children are saying, what can God do for me? Young men do not say, what, God, what can God do for me? They say, what can God do through me? Mm. 
That's what young men say. What can God do through me? Not for me, but through me. So for young men, the message that excites them from the, from the, the, the pulpit is how to connect to the anointing of God. How to manifest the power of God. These are the, the ones that excite them. Because it is, it is telling them how God's power can run through their lives. At this level, there is responsibility they become responsible. I'm, I'm yet to find any baby that is responsible for anything. I've had three children. Yeah? Oh, we have had three. I didn't have it them alone. We, we had... <laughs> you know, I'm not my neighbor, you know. You're not my... <laughs> And I can tell you, babies have no responsibility. We're cleaning up after them. But you see, at the young man level, responsibility comes in. Because a young man, what, what, what actually motivates them is getting things done. You know? You know, so young men will not say, why? They have, nobody has visited me. They will visit other people. They will not say that nobody has called me. In this church, there is no love. No, they would visit others. They will call others. The young men are the ones who come to church. And they are the ones that want to say, the chairs are not in the right position. So how can we get this done? They are interested in getting things done. What God can do through me. That's young men for you. I remember when I made that transition from a child to a young man. When I got up and I said, no, it is no more sitting down and being fed. Now I ought to do something. I wasn't appointed at anything in church, but I'll go there very early and show that, uh, you know, the church, our arranger, you know, children were uh, all about said, I'll gather these children and teach them. So my teaching ministry started in children's church. That's where it started. And sometimes I need to switch off from it because I still have it. Teaching children. Oh, take me to Sunday school. I will teach them about the new birth. You'll be shocked. Everybody will understand it. That's where I started. Responsibility. Become responsible. You see, at the children level, it is always somebody's fault. It's always somebody's fault. But at a young man level, we begin to take responsibility for our actions and ourselves. At the children level, it's the devil who made me do it. <laughs> at a young man level, it is my foolishness that got me into it. Young men begin to take ownership. And responsibility. Is somebody here with me? Are you sure you're here with me? You know, and whilst being a young man is good, the downside to it is that at this level, young men compete. Competition. All right. 
Yeah, yes, I want to serve God by playing the keyboard. But I never leave the keyboard for somebody else to come and play it. <laughs> Young men hack things. They have it. No, 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 no. He can't do it very I am the one. The anointing is here. I'm. So whilst children fight, young men compete. Yes, God is doing something through me until I find somebody else that God is doing something through. The same through, God is doing this, the same thing through, and then he's getting accolades. He's trying to take my shine. That's the young man level. Are we measuring up? <laughs> are we measuring up? You sure we are measuring up? Then, of course, there are the fathers. You see, children say, what, God, can God do, what can God do for me? Young men will ask, what can God do through me? But fathers, what dominates their action is, what can God do? That's all. <laughs> what can God do? They are more preoccupied with uh, what accrues to the kingdom. So it doesn't matter whether God does it through me or he does it through someone. I am happy that God has done it. That's the father level. The father level is I am preoccupied with uh, the kingdom gaining ascendancy you see, uh, I, am, I am not insecure when somebody is a new star. Your father credentials are tested. When what you do, somebody does it better. Whether you would encourage them or you try to pull them down. That's the father level. The father level, what can God do? That's their psychology, you know. I will celebrate the success of other people, uh, you know. Uh, oh, yes, yes, I can see a spark in you. Let me encourage you and make you the better. Hear me, uh, today when people say they are fathers, they are waiting for you to bring their tithe to them. So it's still the give me mentality. So their children with title fathers. Are we together? And they know how to quote that scripture. If I'm a father, then where is my honor? Then immediately somebody quotes that one. I know where they are coming from. Fathers are passionate for other people. In a typical church, fathers are not preoccupied with looking at who has done what, what has happened. They are asking, what has God done? What is God doing? That's what fathers are looking for. Fathers are not insecure. They are not intimidated by anything or by anyone. Saul, though David called him a father, he wasn't a father. Very insecure. Their relationship was all right until the women started singing. 
until they started. And they said, Saul has killed just a thousand, but David has killed ten thousand. And then he started hounding David to kill him. Fathers, a father will say, wow, I kill a thousand. You are my son. You kill ten thousand. They see it as a feather in their cap. But I did this. My son has taken it to another level. And they will be Oh, when I preached, only five people clapped their hands. But when you did, the whole church stood up for you. Wow, and you are my son. Well done, well done. But the young man will start eyeing you from there. Mm, okay. Before long, you'll be taking my position. And children, because there's nothing in it for them, as for them, it wouldn't even be their business. They wouldn't be part of it. There's nothing in this, in this for me. Do I have you here with me? But you see, when you read this text, when you read this, there is a missing link that I want to point out to you. You see, when you read it, there is a sequence to which John was writing. I would have expected that John would write it in this sequence. He will say little children, and after that, then he will come to young men before he goes to the fathers. But when you read it, he says, he says little children, then he says fathers before he comes to young men. And I'm, read, I'm thinking there's something wrong with this thing here. Why is fathers sandwiched between young men and children? Because fathers are the missing link. Fathers are the ones who transform little children into young men and young men to become fathers. It's the missing link. We are losing people. We are losing people at this level of fathering. Hear me? And I'm not talking about spiritual father, spiritual son. No. I'm talking about maturity level. Fathers are the missing link. Did you hear Paul's, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians? God, uh, take me, take me to 1 Corinthians chapter. Mm, let me get it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I think it's verses uh, 15. He says, for though you may have a thousand instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. You do not have many fathers. That's the missing link. That is the missing link. Hear me, you see, the church at Corinth, oh, oh it was a beautiful church. It is the church that Paul begins writing and said they come behind in no spiritual gift. That's what he said. You see, it is the church that Paul writes to about ministry gifts. And he writes to them about the spiritual gifts. These things were there. And yet it is the same church in chapter 3 that Paul said, I could not speak to you as <laughs> mature. Now, uh, you, are, you are carnal, you are mere men. So they were in their carnality, they are still prophesying. 
Today, if you go to any church where, you know, there's prophecy, you, you, you get a word. You get a word. When you go there, you get a vision. It means it is the top church. But in the measuring up of God, it is not about the gifts. Listen, the church at Corinth, well, you haven't heard it. There were things happening in the church that today, if it is happening in any other church, you won't go to that church. People were getting drunk before they come to the Lord's Supper. Before they come. And during the, the supper itself, the communion, people get drunk on the wine. Whoever introduced giving it to us in thimbles, he did a good thing. He did a very good thing. Because if you've ever been to Church of England, any of those churches, my goodness. And come to think of it, the small that they give you. What goes through your throat and happens to your eyes after that? And can you imagine that the, the, the priest, he takes the rest in the... <laughs> and so for that thimble, what happened on my eyes? I don't know what happened to that priest. <laughs> that priest. That was in the church of Corinth. That was in the church of Corinth. After the communion service, <laughs> praise God, our church are glorious, powerful. <laughs> in God's measuring up, these are kids. You know, there are people in the church at Corinth who said there is no resurrection. The resurrection is past. If there's any church in London where they preach that there's no resurrection, we'll consider them a cult. Powerful gifts in that church. Powerful. You see, at one point, there was even somebody having an affair with his father's wife in the church. Fornication, the level to we cannot even mention. That's why Paul said, I could not call you. As matured, but as what? Kana. Babes. Paul said babes. He didn't even say children. Give, give uh, you know, give it some uh, uh, dignity and say children. He said babes. I could not call you that. Are we all together? Yeah. Are you sure we're together? Yeah. Measure up. Measuring up. Measuring up. <laughs> you see, Israel, our subject for this whole week, was a baby nation. They were a baby nation. I'm going to make a statement here. It will sound very controversial. But you see, miracles compensate. <laughs> it compensates the lack that children have in maturity. I'm going to explain it to you. You see, Moses left Israel with miracles. He left. Did you see the miracles that happened in Moses' time? Listen to me. The man stands before a rock and speaks to that rock. This one is not my, a magic. magic. 
speaks to that rock and water flows out of that rock. And more than 2 million people drink from that water. You can't explain it away. But there was some, there was some spring inside the rock, uh, you know, in the formation of the earth. Uh, some water was locked in that rock. You can't explain it away. Two million people. Moses' miracle, Moses' uh, leadership was characterized by miracles. But did you realize that immediately they crossed the Jordan? The manna ceased from coming from heaven. The cloud that went with them. <laughs> that cloud fizzled out. That pillar of fire that uh, followed them, uh, that pillar of fire ceased. Because God is now taking them into another level. Before they were looking up to God, God was expecting them to look down now. Plant your own food. Prepare it and eat. No manna is coming from heaven. And you think, what's happening to God? And God said to, uh, he said to Joshua, he said, as I was with Moses, so would I be with you. I have not changed. I'm the still, still the same God. Joshua did not work one miracle in his leadership. But God was with him. Sometimes we make the big mistake. In mistaking the presence of God with his performance. <laughs> the absence of performance does not mean God is not present. He's still there. Do you, did you now get why I said that miracles compensate for children? Yes, they are a good thing. They happen in our lives. But it's children who are chasing miracles. When Jesus said, these signs shall follow you. You see? They will do what? Follow you. I realize that something is changing in church. It's changing in church. And I was just thinking, why is it so? The miracles we used to hear, we don't hear them anymore. Does it mean God is not with us? He's right with us. He's measuring and up and saying that, hey, hey, you got to grow up. You have to grow up. Because there's nothing appealing with having a big stadium, a healing service in a big stadium, and Christians are in a long line waiting to be prayed so their headache will be gone. Headache. Their foreheads are going before them. God is saying, you cannot have this. Where I want to take you as a people, you need to measure up to another level. Oh, somebody say, I hear you, Pastor Bosman. Somebody say, I hear you, Pastor Bosman. Miracles serve to compensate for the immaturity of children. Naturally, when you're bringing up your children, yeah, you do not pander to making them babies forever. You expect. There's an expectation of growth. How many of you remember Pali's Rask? Pali's Rask. Are they still around? 
They're still there, yeah? Okay. Sometimes I used to steal away and have some myself. It was a nice pile of grass. It's for babies. But it tastes very good. <laughs> we graduate babies from milk by the means of palace grass to solid food. Am I right? Yeah. But we don't expect our children to be on palace grass. When our children were growing up, we sit them at the table. We begin by feeding them the solid food, yeah? Feeding them from the bowl. Then after a while, we give the spoon to them. That you do what? Feed the solid. Then after some time, when they ask us, where is the food? We ask them, go to the cupboard. It is there. We expect them to go to the cupboard, take the food, and eat themselves. I'm talking about naturally. This is what we do. Then after a while, they will go to the cupboard, and there's nothing in the cupboard. And they will ask, oh, mom, mom, what is the food? We say, it's in the supermarket. <laughs> so you go into the supermarket, get it, put it in the cupboard, take it, prepare it, and eat yourself. Then after a while, they will come and say that, oh, where is the food? So, oh, the food is in the supermarket. Then they'll ask, where is the money? We said, go find a job, get your own money, go to the supermarket, buy your food, put it in your cupboard, prepare and eat. That's the process. That's a process. You see, if we are wise enough, don't you think God, who is the source of all wisdom, would have a better way of measuring us up? Amen. Whilst being a child is a good thing, remaining a child means that God cannot put some things into your hands. You, you cannot handle some things. You hear me? It's not that God cannot place in your hand that mil, millions. He can. He can give you millions. But God is wondering and is thinking, what would the millions do to you? God is going to give you a million. And you tell your pastor that, oh, you know, I have a meeting planned in uh, Tenerife on Sunday. <laughs> He's going to think twice. It's not that he lacks the ability to give it to you. He can give it to you. But when he measures you up, this man is still a child. So I cannot. You don't give a knife to your children. They might use it against themselves. They lack the capacity, the ability, and the skill even to handle it. You don't put a gun in the hands of an ordinary citizen. There has to be a soldier who is trained to use it. 
Let's stay in Gross Britannia for today. Are we together? Are you sure you're here with me? Where are you? That's a question. It's a big question. Where are you? In Tower of Faith, that's what God is asking us. Where are we? Because what is happening, we hear happening in other places, can happen here. But the question is, have we developed the capacity by measuring up on the levels of maturity to handle what God is giving and gives to us? That's the question. So all I need you to ask yourself now, this is no shovel time, it is rake time. Where am I? Am I at the children level? Am I a young man? Or am I a father? That's what we ought to be asking ourselves. And, and here, believe you me, it's got it's all in how you're thinking, how psychology of the kingdom. It's all about that. <laughs> Pastor, I went to officiate a wedding in a country, I won't mention the name. For, what do you call it? Is it GDPR or something? You see that information protection, oh, GDPR, yeah, yeah. for GDPR purposes. And a lot of ministers, some did open prayer, some did, you know, you know, I did, I officiated, and I gave the advice, I spoke, you know, with some with cassocks, with collar, all kinds of things, plethora of uh, ministers, about 10 or 15 of us. I'm just wondering why one wedding, there's so many ministers, and everybody wanted to play part of it, you know? Well, as for me, I, the couple just said that it is you that should do this and that. I think the, 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 their families were very well to do. So after the service, they took us into that, uh, uh, there's a lounge for the pastors, and then, when the offering was taken for the, uh, for the couple, it was a huge crowd, you know. Remember, close to 1,500, big church. And the custom of the church was to present it to them. When it was presented to them, they said, no. Give it to the ministers who blessed us. So the money did not go anywhere else. It came straight to the lounge that we were in. Wow. Goodness. <laughs> the sharing process. Why are you giving me that? I want the pounds in it. I want the dollars. <laughs> so I'm sitting in that corner in my British tie and suit just watching them. A fight almost broke out. 
And these were the fathers. <laughs> if these were the fathers, I want to know what the children were. the fathers. Hear me people. God is a merciful God. God is a loving God. I don't know what God sees when he looks from heaven and looks over his children. I don't, I don't know what he sees. What goes on in his heart. But I believe that in going forward, we need to measure Tap the next person on the, on the shoulder and say, measure up. <laughs> oh, come on, say it. Say it with some vim. Measure up. <laughs> and ask them, where are you? <laughs> but don't give them an answer. We don't want the fighting church. <laughs> don't give them an answer. People, my word is very simple today. My heart is very heavy. I'm speaking funny in, a, in that way. But we need to move forward. The kingdom must grow. Jesus said, thy kingdom, he said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will would only be done when God's people here Begin to manifest his presence. <laughs> wow. Hear me, people. Please don't be. Let me say this. I don't give honor to whom honor is due. Give respect to whom respect is due. But listen to me. Do not let anybody's title or anybody's cassock that is wearing, do not let it deceive you. Because when you get to that level, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. I've been shocked many times in my life. <laughs> I walk into a minister's gathered lounge and there's whiskey on the table. Whiskey. Ah. You see the one the one that the man is on with a cap and a walking stick. <laughs> Johnny Walker. That one. Big one on it. I thought it was for a display. You know, you know, sometimes you know you go to houses and people have displayed their ah. Then as we began to share revelations. <laughs> and I saw one of them opening the thing. He said, ah, No, no, it's water, it's water. He broke the seal and he poured it. And he started sharing it. And he brought it to me and I said, Thank you very much. I'm watching to see if it's water. Some, one, pe one of them just took it and said, when you drink water, you don't say, ah. <laughs> and then they started making fun of me. 
Ah, yeah, the spiritual man. There, yeah, yeah. After that occasion, when they called me, I said, thank you very much. I have other things doing. But these are people with high titles. Reverend Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Doctor. Hear me, don't go disrespect anybody. But what I'm saying is that our fruits are more important. That's where God wants to take us. Our food. Everything I spoke to you about these levels is I didn't mention one spiritual gift. Neither did I mention one title. It's all to do with what we are becoming, what we are. Hear me, there is a correlation between what God gives you and where you are at your level of maturity. There's a correlation between that. that. Can you handle it? God, give me a church. I used to pray. Give me a church of 1,000 people. And God said, can you handle it? Gave me, how many? About 600, thereabout. 650. For the first year, my hair, every hair went white. <laughs> the first year. Don't be deceived by this. I'll put dye in it. <laughs> Everything went white. Say, God, go slow, go slow. <laughs> Go slow. Don't rush the process. You have to be fit. You must have the competence, the capacity. You must have the skill set to handle things that comes from heaven. Did you hear what Moses said? Moses said, God, you know what? Kill me. Take me out. For these people, and God said, no, I will not. Then God also said, these people, Moses, leave me. I will finish them. <laughs> and Moses said, God, slow. <laughs> Hear me? <laughs> Let's measure up. That's my message in simple. Listen to me. Be concerned about your level of maturity. Your level of spiritual maturity. Be preoccupied with what you are becoming when you come to church. Not what you are getting when you come to church. For you know that in the ordinariness of this service that we are having, God is working things in us. God is trying to push this word into your spirit. God will do great things. Tell somebody God will do great things. He will do great things. Regardless of uh, what we are, God will still do great things.
But the question is, would we do it with us? That's the question. That's the question. Listen, if we don't measure up, God can use donkeys. Mm. God used a donkey some time back. You know that? The prophet was so set in his ways. God used a donkey. And did you know that even after God has used the donkey still? It's all here. The prophet still went ahead and did. Prophet. I'm not talking about uh, Usher. Prophet. Maturity. Lift up your right hand. And say, Father, take me higher. Say, Father, take me higher. Now, all right. All right, stand with me. Say, Father, take me higher. Oh, take me higher. Measure me up. Fit me well. For that for which you have apprehended me. Yesterday, we made a decision. Today... We want to tell God, help us. Help us. Help me. You know, the Bible says he's our helper. Our help doesn't come from the hills. Our help comes from him. And help only goes to those who recognize where they are. Who recognize where they are. If there's anybody here, you find that you are a child. You are at that level. And you want to say, God, take me to the young man level. want to lift up your hands high and cry to God. Cry to There's a lot of humility that comes uh, in recognizing where you are. And if there's anybody here who is a young man, you want to say, I've been a young man too long. Father, take me to the father level. You want to lift up your voice to him and, and say that uh, forgive all the competition, forgive all the squabblings, uh, forgive me. I want to be a father, I want your kingdom vision to drive me. You want to lift up your voice and talk to God. I will never be the same again. I will never return. I've closed the door. Can I get some help here? I will run the race and I will never be the same again I will never be the same again this is darling check I will never return I've closed the door
about it from the beginning. I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the Lift up your hands with me.
Father, we come before you. You know where we are. There is nothing that is hidden from you. You know our shortcomings. You know our strengths. You know our weaknesses. You know our competences. Today, Tower of Faith, we come to you. And Father, we say, measure us up. And as we have looked into this perfect law of liberty, we submit ourselves to you, Lord, unreservedly. Work in us, for there are higher heights, the deeper seas, the higher places in your kingdom that you want to take us. So Lord, we say whatever you want to do, Lord, do with us. Burn away the chaff. Burn away the childless, the child, the, the childlike habits or the childish tendencies. We feed on your word. For you said, strong me belongs to them who have their senses exercised to discern what is wrong from what is right. Having come with strength, having come with strength. And Father, I pray that whoever has identified they are the level of children let there be a lifting. Whoever has identified that they are at a young man level, may you raise many fathers, many fathers, many fathers, many fathers. Do something new. Father, yesterday is gone. Today is another day. Father, do something new. Hallelujah. Do something new in my life. Something new.
all the instruments very quiet. And let the Lord seal his instructions to you. Let him seal his instruction. Father, seal up the sun of what we have to do. And let the strength of heaven descend upon our house, this house, the house of your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 If you rigged everything towards you, say hallelujah and give a clap offering to Jesus. Amen. Um, I didn't pray for anybody because the word can do it better than us. Amen. Hallelujah. It may surprise you that even in this, God is working miracles. Remember before we began the service, there was a cloud. It was revealed to the angels sitting on the cloud. You may not have felt it, but God worked it in your life. Businesses are not going to be the same. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's not about the business you are doing, but it's about you. Your capacity, your spiritual capacity. So let's get ready for a breakout. Amen. I said, get ready for a breakout. Amen. Get ready for a breakout. Amen. Ministry gifts, you're going to be shocked by some that are going to rise up in this church. They will pick the word and they will be higher than pastor's level. Amen. Mm. And his level. Because God is working. Hallelujah. Some of these young adults here. One of these days I'm going to be bold and I'll put a Bible in one of you, your hands. To come and speak. Because you are our legacy. A transgenerational. Amen. I'm expecting one of you to teach. And I cannot sit down. My knees will be knocking out. That's one. I expect one of you to. <laughs> Amen. In my days, when I was young, there were people who could teach. And you cannot sit down. You're just wondering, where did this one come from? Is it mass? Or somewhere? That's what we expect you to do. One of you should be appointed assistant pastor. And I'm looking at him. <laughs> Amen. So it's going to be happening. It's going to be happening. Amen. Hallelujah.
Are we blessed? Oh, are we blessed? Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's just, we want to just appreciate God and thank God. We're, we're bringing our tithes and our offerings to God. Otto, thank you. Please sit down and prepare your offering. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. If you're making out a check, do we still write checks? Well, there's some that still write checks. We will take them anyway. You know, I remember some years back in, in church when you say, Pastor, you say, let, let us read Psalm 22. You'll hear pages rust, ruffling, yeah? These days you don't hear that. You said, shall we read? And you see all kinds of gadgets coming out. Those days, if you pull out your phone in church, Osha will come and speak to you. But today, so there are newer ways, yeah? Please, the details are there. The detail, uh, did I take an envelope? I thought I took one. I gave it to you, okay. The details are on there. Our tithe and our offerings. Remember, it is what we give registers, what we give that registers in heaven. Yeah? Our heart in giving it registers in heaven. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, should I have asked you to play something or sing something? I don't, I don't know. But they used to sing. I, I, please forgive me. I'm just focused on taking the offering. Amen. This is a very important part of the service too. It's our worship to God as well. It's our worship to God. I, I'm waiting for you. This is the only part of the service where the pastor can wait for you. Amen. Did I see someone else with an envelope in the back there? Yeah. God bless you. Oh, his mercies shall endure ever faithful ever sure for his message shall endure anyone who is an analyst 
You know, I, I see a job role with analysts at the end. There's another word in front. I couldn't see that. But does anybody do any job that requires or entails you analyzing either figures, data? Anybody like that? Maybe they're not in church today. But there's promotion coming to them. There's promotion. So if you know anyone in Tower of Faith, go tell them. God says promotion. Father, we thank you. We bless you for this that I've been giving for the work of the ministry. We appreciate uh, the wonderful things you've done in our lives these three days. Uh, thank you for driving home the truth. But you're more interested in what we are becoming what we want to become. We give to you this afternoon saying, do with us as you please. Lift us higher. Fit us into shapes that fit into the overall purposes of your plan for the kingdom. Bless our families. Bless our children. Bless the work of our hands. Give traction to our businesses. And where hope has been deferred, out of those places, let new things emerge, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, shall we receive pastor? Shall we receive pastor Alfred? Put your hands together for him. Bless you, bless you, bless you. the theme for the year and that was it really but everything right from Friday to today it's just been awesome 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 and I know I don't have to say anything more than just to walk in the very place that the Lord himself has destined for us as a church, our lives, our homes, and everything. We just want to say a big thank you to you, Pastor Bosman. We really, let's just appreciate him and just really thank, thank God for your life. Amen. And thank you, Pastor Joyce Lane also. I know you were not around, but releasing him also for us is a blessing. And we appreciate you as well. Amen. And um, we really can't express our thanks. Amen. And I pray that we continue to walk in this grace and this anointing. Let's continue to walk in it. Because the Lord has been measuring us for us to be fit for purpose. Amen. And I told you, 
think last two weeks or last Friday, one of the prayer meetings, there's, there's the wind. God is about to blow something. Just be ready. Just be ready. Amen. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Are we going to have second service? Amen. Okay. Okay. We'll sing this and then after that, Pastor Jocelyn, you today will give us the you just send us off. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing the same song. For his mercy shall endure so overwhelmed. Um, it's been a while, but like uh, what Bosman rightly said, I, um, I've been a few places also doing the work of ministry, and I thank God that he's brought us all here safely. Talking about the capacity, I want to say that before we pray. This, well, from last Sunday to today, my siblings and I, Pastor, we decided to fast and push something through. Something has been stuck in the family and it's caused a lot of discomfort, you know. And so we decided that this week we're going to fast. So on Thursday, my brother, uh, um, my senior brother and my younger brother met a guy. And uh, in, the, in, the, in the meeting, they asked him, what do you want for us to do for you? And before he answered, uh, another uh, member of the, uh, of the company responded, oh, we want this amount of money. You know, There's a big thing that he had to push. And in his little mind, there was an amount he needed to push the business. And the other person said, 
five times what he needed. And he was, they were thinking that if they asked for that huge facility, the guy would say, well, I mean, we can't give it. And the man said, yes, you've got it. And then suddenly, my brother was confused. He was so confused. He didn't know, actually, he rejected, oh, we don't need it. Oh, we don't, because he didn't know what to do with that kind of money. You see, our capacity to receive is so crucial in the season that we find ourselves because suddenly he was so confused, he rejected it. He went home, the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and then he said, okay, I want it, but how am I going to use it? Because he didn't have the capacity. You see, when God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think or ask, but our minds have limited what God can do. And I want, I want us with this powerful word, begin to see, examine, and, and, and desire. Because there is an unlimitless resource. Hallelujah. The people in the first century, the Bible says that Herod stretched his hands to persecute the church. Persecute. He killed James. And he took Peter afterwards because he pleased the Jews. And the church were not willing to give up Peter. And so the Bible says they prayed earnestly. And then God sent an, sent an angel and he was released. He came and the Bible says, no, it's not him. This is not Peter. It's his ghost. Because you see, they couldn't even begin to imagine that God was able to do it. Meanwhile, that is what they were praying for. And so we have to come to a place to understand that the things that we ask God, we don't ask him because and it, it sounds nice to us. He is able to do what we are asking and even so much more. Hallelujah. Amen. And so let's just open ourselves up because I tell you, Pastor, this time in Ghana, God did something that my mind on fire. <laughs> my capacity has been stretched God has been so good. God has been so good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is a timely word. As I, I mean, he's my husband. Well, I love you. And I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> this is good stuff. He's been my pastor for, what, 37, 38 years. And anytime I listen to him, I grow the more. I am um, growing. And God has moved me from some childish things to... Uh, middle uh, or the youth, youth, and it's even the father beating or robot. I tell you something, it's, it's, it's shifting some stuff because suddenly I felt like a father, and then he said something, I thought, mm. just dropped me to a child. I'm not preaching, I just, I'm not preaching a second sermon. Believe you me. If it didn't happen to you, then I think I will need you for my mentor. But God has been good, Pastor. And I bless God. Hallelujah. He's taking us places. And we give you praise. So, Father, we lift up our hearts to you this afternoon. We say, the higher heights and their deeper seas. So, whatever you need to do with us, Lord, do it. Suddenly we have matured in our understanding that you have moved us from childhood into fatherhood even in this short time that we found ourselves in your presence. This is what you can do. 
When you ask your people in Nazareth, say, can a nation be born in a day? Father, yes, we say, change can happen in a day. We are willing and we are obedient. And we know that we will eat the good of the land. Because that is what you have for us. Ancient of days, we bless you for the future of this great church. Move the church to the capacity that you have called them for. In the twinkle of an eye. You sent your son, Jonah, to a nation that was, that didn't even know you. And suddenly the whole nation was saved. Because you can do things instantly without even much effort. You're only looking for a willing heart. And when the people in Nineveh opened their hearts to you, a whole nation was born. We thank you. The Tower of Faith have opened their hearts to you. And you will do so much more in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you for the future of this ministry. We thank you for the capacity you have put in them. They are able to do it. And even so much more because you desire to do more than they can think of or ask. We go in your name. We go in your truth. We go in your might. We go in your power. We say, Father, we are ready. We are ready. We are ready for what you have. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so turn to somebody. Turn to somebody. Just prophesy into somebody's life. And tell them, surely, goodness and mercies shall follow us. All the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance.